53. We've got AI all the things and more. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to be throwing some shade at Microsoft. We're going to be throwing some shade at Google. Nothing new there. Um, there's just so pickable these days. Um, and we get what to do big tech company isn't pickable. Good point. But you know, we also get to, we get to hit Google twice. Once for AI, and once because their antitrust case finally started. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's let's do this thing. All right. So first story of the day, we've got three-letter agencies warning us about old ransomware. Um, this one is, it, it can be pretty nasty. Don't, don't get me wrong, but if you're running Linux, you're safe. <laughs> As is the case with, uh, most of these ransomwares. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this one, this particular one is called snatch. It first showed up about five years ago. Hmm. <laughs> um, what this thing does is once it infects your system, it will it will go ahead and reboot it into safe mode. And from safe mode, there aren't as many guardrails on things, such as the ability to encrypt all your data. And then it goes Great. and then it goes ahead and encrypts all your data. And then you are kind of hosed. Um, so yeah, that's basically what Snatch does. And oh, it's something that I'd never heard of before. It's ransomware as a service. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Isn't that great? So different threat yeah, actors get to rent sound it. like a dystopian nightmare at all. <laughs> so they, they mention ways that you can try to save yourself from this thing. Well, way number one, get away from Windows if you can. But um, you can... Audit your remote access tools um, so that you make sure that whatever remote remote in software you're using is actually what you intend to be using. Um, yeah. You can review your logs for execution of remote access software. You can, oh boy, going through logs. Um, yeah. You can use security software to detect instances of remote access software being loaded only in memory. Pause. If you're using security software or you're in the market for security software, I'm gonna recommend Malwarebytes. I use them on a personal and a business level and they are fan flipping tastic Their support teams fan flipping tastic They support Linux, they support Microsoft stuff, they support Apple stuff, they support all of the things, which I cannot say about other big name providers. So, you're in the market for antivirus software. Highly recommend Malwarebytes. All right. Let's see. Requiring authorized remote access solutions to be used only from within your network over approved remote access solutions, such as VPNs or virtual desktop interfaces. The, if your IT people are have a brain at all, you're already doing this. <laughs> Probably. Um, 
then again, sometimes they don't. Um, such as the case, such as seems to be the case with one of Connor's professors. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Um, we're not going to name drop <laughs> no. or throw shade on this podcast, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you can, we're not going to name drop them or throw shade we, them no. on this podcast. No. We are going to throw shade. It's just not a them. Um, you can block both inbound and outbound connections on common remote access software ports and protocols Uh, yes again duh you can implement application controls Mm -hmm. Um, basically don't use RDP to install crap and you're probably going to be okay I understand why RDP is still a thing Okay, but personally, from a security standpoint, I hear about code execution and vulnerabilities with the built-in Windows or Microsoft RDP all the time, and I don't understand why it is still an accepted practice. Like, I get it. Some companies would rather just use the built-in stuff and save the money, but there's a reason that these other remote access apps and companies are around. Um, and if you don't want to spend the money, there are FOSS tools that will enable you to do the exact same thing as Windows RDP. Yes, there's with this beautiful thing. None called, of the security problems. There's this beautiful thing called Rust Desk. <laughs> Never heard of Rust Desk. Rust. But it doesn't surprise Rust me. Rust Desk. Yeah. Um, so it's basically a uh, Rust reimplementation of it. I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't understand why companies are still using Windows RDP. Just close the ports, disable the service, and and every time that you see one of these vulnerabilities come up, laugh. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it, 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 it makes zero sense to me. Now, I, I get that in some cases, it's a requirement. You know, it's a VM machine um, on a, uh, on a, like a big, area and you use remote desks to access it i got it but don't use rdp over the internet it it makes no sense it just makes zero sense i i can't i can't oh go on get through this anyway strictly limit the use of rdp and other remote desktop services huh basically what connor was just saying Disable command line and scripting activities and permissions. Well, okay. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Because sometimes you actually need that, even in Windows, believe it or not. Um, Review domain controllers, servers, workstations, and active directories for new or unrecognized accounts. Okay. Like, most of this stuff is boilerplate. Like, this is how you deal with any ransomware. Um, Like, nothing super ground-shaking here. (laughs) Yeah, segment your networks. Set up VLANs. Honestly, I think this, this, this list is reading to me. Like, they went and looked up basic security practices. Copy, paste. Mm -hmm. We did great. Pat yourself on the back. Way to go. I mean, honestly, this is this is 
basic, like low level IT department stuff. This isn't even the higher tier. Like stuff. this is this is stuff you learn about in Net Plus. For real, seriously. Um, just did. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Good job, federal government. Good job. Add an email banner to email. What? Revolutionary. It's not like every company has an email banner these days, right? Totally <laughs> revolutionary. Ooh. Oh. Disable hyperlinks in received emails. You mean like Microsoft Outlook essentially does by default? They uh, intercept those hyperlinks and then they give you the Outlook, the Microsoft Safe Leaks version and um yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah moving they didn't on. even get an up-to-date basic it security practices list they got like an old one uh-huh like come on guys you you got to be able to do better than that well then again there's that old there's that old saying good enough for government work yeah. yeah well anyway <sighs> so moving on last pass i don't i don't know if you guys remember towards the end of last year there was a major breach with LastPass. um some attackers managed to get into their into their cloud system and steal a whole bunch of people's vaults they've been doesn't surprise me no anytime you're dealing with a, a centralized Password Listen. manager situation. Yeah, that, that's been my issue with password managers forever. And actually, uh, I think it's DOD. Might not be DOD. If you're not from America, DOD stands for Department of Defense. Um, but I know there's some go government organization that a actively forbids use of public password managers for this very reason. They foresaw this. Anybody with an IQ over a room temp can see that this is a bad idea and yet here we are yet again seeing people going to these stupid password managers and and putting it all in there but but i'm not saying that password managers as a whole is a bad idea i think password managers the concept is good i have just never been a fan of this centralized thing mm -mm. they can tell me all day it's safe and secure single point of failure yeah, I, I don't like single points of failure. I don't want all of the keys to my kingdom in somebody else's bank. I just don't. I've never liked that. Um, and I mean, LastPass, they're proprietary on top of that, which is just yet another point FOSS software because you know who I don't see having a giant breach? Bitwarden, the FOSS exactly. password manager, who interestingly enough, on top of being a FOSS password manager, is free for private users. And then, oh, this is joy of joys here. You can also self-host it. Exactly. You need, a, you need a business account, I think, to do the self-hosting. I know we have a business account at my work and we do self-host our own because um, I don't trust them, even though they're false and they've had no issues. Um, yeah, I don't. Don't put all your passwords in somebody else's stuff. It's like with the cloud, okay? Mm -hmm. I know that the cloud is super popular, especially today. Huge. But everybody, if, you, if you're using a cloud, 
okay? Yeah. I just want you to, to change your frame of mind. The cloud isn't some mystical thing in the sky and all of your data goes to the sky. No. <laughs> Replace the word cloud with someone else's computer. Exactly. That's all the cloud is. That's what it is. So you're backing it up to someone else's computer. Oh, usually where, where Google is... or Apple. Right. Most people. Where where is my uh, my photos? Oh, they're all backed up on someone else's computer. Don't say on the cloud. Say on someone else's computer because that's in essence what it is. Mm -hmm. Unless you run that cloud, in which case you backed it up to a different one of your computers. Mm -hmm. um, which is a but, good thing to do, by the way. It but... is. It is. I'm not. I'm not saying don't use clouds. I'm just saying be aware of what it is. And hell, you can even use public clouds as long as you're aware of what it is and you only store things there that you're fine with everybody seeing. Exactly. So if you have a, if you have if you have photos, if you on vacation and you have no problem with everybody and their brother seeing it, by all means back up those photos to a public cloud. It's free. Go do it. But but be aware that they're going to scan that photo. They're going to get your image. And then they're going to be able to auto-tag you in any other photo that happens to end up on the uh, internet. Mm -hmm. Just be aware. If you have a grocery list and you don't mind everybody and their brother seeing that grocery list, feel free to put it on a public cloud. But just be aware that Google is going to mine that and figure out your buying trends and uh, sell that to the highest bidder. And then yep. you're going to get creepy ads that know that you bought... Uh, aspirin for your hemorrhoids and they're gonna advertise you hemorrhoid products <laughs> just be aware i mean that's how this works yep exactly and what what makes me laugh with this last pass situation is well they're not actually taking responsibility for it they're oh, saying no, of oh everybody else needs to change their master password so if you have one that's shorter than 12 characters you need one that's longer than 12 characters. And then you'll be okay because it'll take longer for them to brute force your, your master password and get all the rest of your data. Um, yes and no. Why don't you guys change your infrastructure so this sort of SH isn't as likely to happen again? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Clown him. Yeah. My only advice is if you're a LastPass customer, stop paying them because they don't care about your privacy or your password management or actually you. They don't care about you even. Uh, they care about your money. Mm -hmm. um, not saying that that's a bad thing, but in this particular instance, it's a bad thing. Also, they use a centralized database. So if you are a LastPass customer, I'm going to recommend... You stop that. Save your money and go use Bitwarden. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're already in the uh, keep your passwords in a centralized database, it might as well be on a FOSS based database. In which case, the free Bitwarden is fine. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And moving on, we get to throw some shade at everybody's favorite billionaire. We are born. Oh, Resistance is futile. Yeah. 
You will be <laughs> the richest artist the world has ever seen. Um. So yeah, this dude. The Listen, FDA. Okay, the I know. U.S. FDA. I'm sorry. Has, in their infinite wisdom. <laughs> sorry. Um, has okayed a limited clinical t- human test round for Neuralink. Great. Um, so this is aimed at paraplegics and quadriplegics, which is the ostensible purpose of Neuralink, at least at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Um, so Neuralink, I'm going to tell you all the reasons I'm against it and feel free to disagree or agree with those reasons. Um, first off, I don't care what they say the intended purpose is. If they are able to communicate with my brain, then they're able to tell what I'm thinking, right? Uh, and I like my thoughts being private. I do. I don't need them to know how many times I have inappropriate fantasies about my wife. Don't need them knowing that. Just don't. Um, just don't. I don't need them knowing uh, my thoughts about the way the government is behaving. I don't need them knowing pretty much anything that I'm thinking, really. If you can think of anything that you've ever thought, which is an, is an interesting thing, but think about all the stuff you've ever thought that's not allowed, okay? When you are angry, when you're sad, what have you. Think about all of those things over the course of your life and how it would be different if a, a, a government entity or a company knew all of that at the same time that it was occurring. Think about that. And then tell me if you're still for this. If you can think of that and go, huh, you know, when I was going through puberty and and high school was really rough and I was just so done with it all and I loosely was thinking of jumping off of bridges because I was super depressed that day, you know, that's how you get put into a straitjacket and men with white coats show up to your house and go, oh, no, you're suicidal. Because they're able to hear your thoughts. Uh-huh. I, I just, no. So much no. So much no. And I'm especially not okay with it being Elon's stuff, okay? This man, <laughs> in my opinion, is, he's not, he's neither good nor bad, okay? He's like Deadpool. He's an anti-hero. He goes to the highest bidder. Unfortunately, yeah, and unfortunately, the people with the most money tend to be evil. Mm -hmm. So, the vast majority of his behaviors, from my point of view, appear to align more with the evil ones than the good ones. So, yeah, no, hell no. I, I don't want him, I don't want any of his tech in my head ever. Nope, I'm good. Like, I'd Hard rather pass. not have anything to do with any of his tech anyway. Yeah. Period. It, Hard pass. Seriously. Um, I mean, the ostensible purpose is admirable. But as Connor said, the, <laughs> the, co- the opportunity cost here is too high. Yeah, no, I'm good. Because, so good. yeah, it can, 
it can, these chips that they implant in your brain and the and the motor motor centers of your brain. Okay, that's what those little leads coming down from the bottom of the chip are. Those are teeny tiny little gold leads that run to certain specific areas in your brain, uh, which ostensibly are for you know moving your limbs and such. The idea is that they would link it to an app, say on your phone or your computer, and you'd be able to work your computer if your, you know, if your hands don't work, for instance. Which, all well and good if that's all it ever does. But they're also working on trying to tie it in with, say, artificial limbs. Again, ostensibly cool. Like, on a pure tech level, this is awesome. Okay, pure pause. Tech. But I didn't, not only that, listen, the Apple Watch that just came out, okay, the, the Series 9, which while it is Apple tech and I know it violates my privacy, I still drool over because I want an Apple Watch Series 9. They're able to, via wireless tech, pick up the signals that would be sent to your arm. And you're able to adjust things in the air, right? You can take your fingers and just tap them together. And they're able to pick up those electrical signals and, and do stuff on the watch. Okay, the whole reason I picked this up is if you're paraplegic and Apple wirelessly is able to pick up signals not connected to your brain. Directly. I don't see the need for something to be directly in your head. Why not have it sit on the outside and not have anything directly connected into your head? Hell, Apple just patented a way with uh, future AirPods to scan your brainwaves and identify you by your brainwaves. <laughs> Wireless. Two years old, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's from twenty two. January yeah. twenty two. And then you have to then you have to look at what happened to the monkeys that they were testing this on. That was a, yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, on one hand, I'm surprised that the FDA approved this on the other. I'm not at all. Yeah. Because I'm not, the I'm FDA not has, at all. has proven time and time again. Here's my, here's my tinfoil hat. Um, <laughs> anyway, the FDA has proved time and time again, that they're really not interested in our health. No, uh, ironically though, if you made that tin, if you actually made a tinfoil hat case in point, um, it's made of aluminum. Mm-hmm. Uh, not tinfoil, because yeah. we're not allowed to have actual tinfoil anymore. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a fun little tidbit. And everybody, it, most of the people watching this probably have some inkling as to what aluminum does to the human body. Uh, it ain't pretty, guys. It ain't pretty. Um, specifically, your brain. It can... It's been shown to trigger things like Alzheimer's. Yeah. And yet we're told to cook our food in aluminum foil. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Should, should we or can we even regulate AI? Oops, that's the wrong story. I mean... 
So this gentleman, J Jimmy Wales, who's the founder and CEO of Wikipedia. Yeah. Tommy. Yes. Um, is actually saying that we can't, that at least at a UN level, it's pointless. It would be about as useful as um, trying to regulate Photoshop. <laughs> regulating Photoshop. That's a laugh. Um, so obviously he's not particularly rosy on the prospect, which is kind of funny because as a leftist, you would think that he'd be all about, you know, central government control of things, except that Wikipedia is supposed to be about free speech. As long as that free speech aligns with the leftist ideals of all the moderators who regularly tweak things on Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, um, that's not free speech, guys. <laughs> just, just try editing something. And Honestly, though, I've done this. Uh, if you want to see this in, in live time, just go edit Kanye West's uh, Wikipedia page to uh, be anything other than negative. It will Try immediately it. get reverted. Yeah. Not only will it get reverted, you'll have your account suspended. I know. I've played this game. It's, it'll happen real fast. Um, then there's another gentleman, Pierre Heron, who has been working on AI for 45 years was involved with IBM Watson. You guys remember Watson? Yeah, I remember Watson. Um, it, which apparently is still a thing. And he's... It is. He's There's a giant uh, IBM Watson data center like portion of its brain here in Atlanta. Uh, it says IBM Watson on the building. And if you look up in the sky, you can see the server rows and all the blinking lights. Hmm. It's still a thing. So, although now you have to pay big bucks for it, I know a lot of hospitals utilize Watson for a diagnosis because doctors are stupid. Uh oh. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Anyway, this guy says that he's flabbergasted by the emergence and capability of ChatGPT and other generative AI bots. Um. And he also doesn't think that a UN level sort of regulation is has a point because of geopolitical reasons. I'm going to take uh, it a step further. Uh, I think the UN doesn't serve a point, period. <laughs> They're like the Legion of Doom. Um, I, I thought that listen, was a WEF. Obama gave them the ICANN registration book a while back. Remember, everybody remember that? It's huge news. We invented the internet, and then under Obama, we're like, okay, well, we made this, and we've been running it successful since its creation, but, uh, you know, we really like it when other men fuck our wife, so we're going to give you our, our baby. Here you go. You guys can manage our baby now, and we're just going to watch. Stupid mm -hmm. policy. Anyways, they haven't been able to manage ICANN, so the whole thing... Just, I don't, I don't like the UN. I don't like the way they manage IT-related things. I don't like the way they manage health, even. But I digress. 
No. <laughs> yeah. So much no. I actually agree with these two commies here. Um, I really... I don't see regulation of, of AI as, as a necessity. I think they're attacking the symptom and not the cause. The cause is big tech. If you really want to regulate AI, you shouldn't be regulating AI. You should be regulating big tech. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I know. They're, they're never going to do this, but the, it's they're taking the same approach as modern doctors when you when you come in, right? You've got uh, you're you're super obese and um, your breath stinks to high heaven. <laughs> so we're going to give you some mouthwash. And um, Send you we're, we're, we're going to give you some diabetes medicine because, you know, instead of just saying, hey, you're a fat whale, stop eating and go exercise. You're getting diabetes because you're a fat whale. You have bad breath because you're getting diabetes and you're probably going to end up with gangrene because you're a fat whale. But they don't do that. They don't treat the cause of the issues. Instead, they just mask the symptoms. Here's a nice Same cause here. for you. Exactly. Same problem here. They're going, well, we have to regulate AI. It's going to cause lots of problems. Instead of saying, hey, big tech, stop being evil. Stop that. The problem is that big tech is so embedded. And I use that word in a multi multivalent kind of way. I got a real quick fix for you. Disenfranchise. Oof. Well, there's your quick fix. That that could that could start to happen with Google based on what based on the uh, antitrust case that is finally underway. Start. Could. Let me hit. I think personally. I think Amazon needs to be disenfranchised. I think Google needs to be disenfranchised. I think Microsoft needs to be disenfranchised. I think even Apple needs to be disenfranchised. The companies are too big. They control too much. It's like AT&T when it was Bell. Mm -hmm. Bell, you remember Bell? And they broke it into like seven Bells. Yep. You know, AT&T owns six of the seven Bells. And actually they own like 90 some odd percent of satellites. In, in space, they own they own way more than Bell ever was. Mm-hmm. But they're not disenfranchised. I think AT&T needs to be disenfranchised. I think Comcrap, my bad, Comcast <clears throat> needs to be disenfranchised. I, I, I mean, the vast majority of tech companies in the modern day are way too big. Way too big. They have become, to quote a bank quote, too big to fail. All Mm -hmm. of these are too big to fail. They should all be disenfranchised. Want to get into European stuff? Well, I get into European stuff. T-Mobile, Deutsche Telekom, they're too damn big. They should be disenfranchised. (laughs) Yes. Eins und eins? Or ein and eins. Yeah, I think that's how it is. One and one is what it is. They're too big. Um, I mean, the list of companies that are too big is international and they should all be disenfranchised. 
Yeah, well. So yeah, this yeah. this guy is just has stars in his eyes over generative AI, which is hilarious because we've talked about how sketch it is, and we'll back <laughs> on it some more in a few minutes. Um, he's like, this thing is not like a parrot repeating whatever we feed into it. It's making high-level analogies. Um, no, it's a parrot. It's just got a much <laughs> larger data set to parrot from. Did I ever send you the uh, the image of, of asking an AI bot how many um, ends are in mayonnaise? It was like, there's no ends in mayonnaise. And then you were like, and then, then it was like, spell mayonnaise. And it was like, okay, blah, 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 blah. How many ends are in what you just spelled? Oh, there's like three ends in what I just spelled. Did, did I ever send that to you? Yeah, you probably did. Oh, I mean, the number of times that that AI is is stupid or wrong or just blatantly wrong is crazy. It's it's less reliable than your unpaid intern. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now the UK CMA, their competition regulator, is has released a handful of principles and anytime a government agency releases principles about something they're vague suggestions and they sound good they do but do they do anything do they actually have any teeth no <laughs> um so accountability ai foundation developers foundation model developers and deployers are accountable for outputs provided to consumers. Okay, so why don't you just go directly after big tech? Like we were saying. Access. Ongoing ready access to key inputs without unnecessary restrictions. Whose access? Your access. And what do you, how do you define an unnecessary restriction? That feels pretty nebulous. <sighs> diversity. Sustained diversity of business models, including both open and closed. Okay. Um, how is that going to help anything, really? With the current situation where... You've got like three major big tech companies that are running most of AI. That being Microsoft through OpenAI, Google through Bard, and Amazon through their stuff. Yeah, I bet you didn't think about Amazon's AI. It's been. But, I mean, I mean they've been up there. I'm not saying for like they're stupid. Years. No, let me pause. You want to talk about a smart AI? The only smart AI is Amazon's AI. Let me tell you what, their AI is so good, so accurate. It has things you're going to buy already boxed up and waiting for a shipping label because it knows you're going to buy it before you know you're going to buy it. Mm -hmm. That's a smart AI. That's a scary smart AI. Because it's been trained on you since you started your account. Correct. Um, 
it's it's so deadly accurate but the thing is is while we're on amazon we've talked about it in the past and we'll bring it up again in case you just recently joined amazon's ai the way that they got the data to train them is and has been a problem they've been sued numerous times for the way they get the data to train this ai including but not limited to there was a, a lawsuit because a woman was having unprotected sex with men and was saying things during sex, okay? And her Echo Dot, which was in her bedroom, was listening. And whenever she would say things like, you know, don't pull out, or, you know, come in me, or, or any of these other things, it would report that back to Amazon, and she would get ads for baby stuff. Mm -hmm. And they got sued and were found guilty because they were in fact listening to her and her behavior and were able to figure out based upon when she would go to the store because she also used Amazon Alexa on her phone. That was her voice assistant. <laughs> they were able to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, well she goes to Target and purchases tampons. So she's she's got her, they knew her cycle, they knew her sex behavior, and they and they were able to figure out, okay, well, she said this phrase, which means she's having unprotected sex. Yep, send her the baby ads. It, that's the level of data that they fed the Amazon AI. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so scarily accurate, because it knows everything about you why I don't allow Alexa in my home. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> the Amazon AI is scary good. For its specific purposes. Correct. It's not It's not a general use AI. It's not trying to be chat GPT. It's not mm -hmm. trying to write you a midterm paper. <laughs> what it was designed to do, it does better than, than anything else. And, and for that reason, it is scary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> choice. Sufficient choice for businesses so that they can decide how to use foundation models. Okay. Businesses are stupid. They're going to use whatever the latest buzzword is. So that's, that's a moot point. Flexibility. Having the flexibility to switch and or use multiple foundation models according to need. So don't close off your system, okay? Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, come on. We're all about FOSS here. That's about as open as you can get. Um, yeah, but the thing is, and we've talked about this in the past, most cloud providers do an excessive amount of making it very difficult to switch away, especially on a business level. Um, when they're, when they're dealing with corporate customers, uh, they make it very difficult to say switch off of Azure or Google cloud. It's, I can tell you about that. A nightmare. So when, when my company first spun up, we used Google cloud and, um, in essence, there was no way to get our data out. They have no built-in way of getting your data out. Uh, so the way that, that we ended up getting our data out is I had to spin up another cloud and then transfer the data from one server to the other server. I think I use SCP to do that, but they don't have a export data button. 
by design. Because why would you ever want to leave? Exactly. It's so convenient. Uh-huh. No, you don't need to leave. What, what you doing? And, why, why, why are you yeah. going to leave? Yeah, why is all your stuff in a box? You're not going anywhere. To the left, to I the mean, left. Right, exactly. <laughs> but <clears throat> uh, no, I digress. Um, this being said, flashback to another episode we did recently. <laughs> if anybody remembers, Microsoft has AI as a service. Mm-hmm. Remember that? They launched that? Yeah, it wouldn't oh, yeah. surprise me one bit if in there, like I said then, I'll say it again, if in there it says that if you leave after whatever period of time, they can use your data to train their AI, which means if you have proprietary data or confidential data or what have you in there, if this is the case, I don't know, I'm not going to be a customer of theirs to go read their privacy policy on this, but um, if you have your data in there, if it, if it does turn out like this, then it wouldn't surprise me at all that they're going to just use you. And basically, you have to pay, you have to pay the mob off, in or they're going to take all of that data. Exactly. Like the, no, we were talking. We we talked about it uh, two weeks ago, I think, two maybe three. Yeah. Um, with the launch of enterprise, enterprise Chat GPT. Which is, hey, we want more money from you businesses. We'll give you a few perks, but, uh, and oh, by the way, as long as you pay us, we won't use your data to train anything but your segment of the chatbot. Right. Now, what happens if you want to switch away? Who knows? You know? Yeah, who knows? It, You'd have to be a customer yeah. or, or get their privacy policy some other way. Another thing to pull up is while we're talking about AI. Uh, Microsoft just launched out this co-pilot oh, we're, thing. We're getting there next. Just oh, good, go get ahead good. Now. Why don't we go ahead and jump because this story is boring. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dealing. Of course, this is from the UK CMA. So no anti-competitive conduct, including self-preferencing, tying, or bundling. Okay, fair enough. Transparency. Consumers and businesses are given information about the risks and limitations of foundation model-generated content so that they can make informed choices. Um, why would, say, OpenAI admit that there are problems with their AI? I'd never admit there's problems with their It's like LastPass. So, uh-huh. We don't have any problems. You guys just need to change your password. If you guys uh -huh. didn't make such weak master passwords, you wouldn't have any problems. Oh, yeah. Of course not. What? I mean, what? So, yes. Speaking of Copilot and increasingly dystopian nonsense from Microsoft, um, AI all the things. Um, yeah. So, yes, Copilot's been a thing for a while. Um, it used to be very useful. Yeah, uh, we used to use it. <laughs> used to be uh, automated rollout for uh, new endpoints. You could put all the stuff you wanted installed, all your config files, all the settings you wanted, what have you. And then whenever you, when anybody would domain join, it would auto set all of that up for you. Mm-hmm. Used but to be very it's useful. So much more than that now. And it's freaky how much more than, than that it is. Um yeah, they're literally putting it 
everywhere starting on Tuesday. Um, this thing can, well, I actually saw a, a demo of one of their, of a preview build on the WAN show from LTT last night. <clears throat> they, like, they were trying to get it to do the things that were shown in the Microsoft demo. And there were certain things that it couldn't, at least not in that preview build, such as organizing your desktop windows. It couldn't do it. It That preview build didn't have access to your system enough. I seriously doubt that it's going to stay that way. Oh, I guarantee you it's not going to stay that way. <laughs> I, I'm going to sum this up for you in a real quick snippet. You ready? Mm-hmm. So if you've ever read any of Orwell's novels, any of them, this is your digital big brother. He's your co-pilot. He's going to sit in that co-pilot seat, and he's going to look at all the same things you do. The difference here is, okay, and this is a funny play on words, notice the symbol for it is above the word co-pilot, right? Mm-hmm. You see that? I think it's because they're turning you into the co-pilot, and it's going to be the driver. Hmm. So you want to open a Microsoft Word document, and um, you're going to you know, type up a document that's critical about, I don't know, the U.S. government, my favorite whipping boy. And um, you're going to talk about how they're not following the Constitution because whatever the reason that you're talking about. Maybe in, in, in a not-too-distant future, Copilot starts auto-correcting and uh, changes the whole tone of your, your, your document from, you know, you're violating the Constitution because these points to, I think you might have misunderstood and, um, you know, here's my reasons. Correct me, because I'm probably wrong. I mean, that's a that's a super softball version of what I'm thinking mm-hmm. here. But, I mean, that's essentially what this is. Everything you do, it's going to see, and it's going to learn from. So, so, and this is not yeah. just in Windows 11. It's throughout MS365. So, your, your Word, your Excel, your Outlook. Um, it's through Edge. And Bing. Yeah, I know it's already. Those are already embedded. Uh, Yeah, it's already got an edge. They're 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 making it more connected with Copilot itself, not just you know Bing search. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is freaky AF, guys. Like seriously, if you weren't already thinking about getting away from Windows, do now. Like, it's more urgent than ever. This is a giant ploy to get more of your data and more control over the system that you paid for. This is literally giving me back in the day. It's actually still a problem. We talked about this on the Black Hat one. Um, Because Microsoft wants to uh, basically utilize its giant user base um, and they don't want to have to spend the bandwidth on updates. They turn everybody into an update server. Right? We talked about that at the Black Hat mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Um, this is giving me similar vibes to, well, we have this giant user base. What if we force them to let us look at all of their stuff 
and train our AI off of it. Genius. I love it. Cute evil laugh. <laughs> Make it happen. I mean, that's literally how I imagine the meeting for this this went. Honestly, and the thing is, is because it's M365 as well, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a MacBook, which, you know, one evil for another, I guess a lesser of the two evils. Um, yeah. Then uh, guess what? When you open up your Word document, there it is. When you open up uh, Outlook, there it is. So... If you can get away from this ecosystem, do. For real. Mm -hmm. The convenience ain't worth it. Uh, What convenience? It's broken all the time. (laughs) Well, the the convenience that they say is there. Really, the only one that I'm going to have a hell of a time leaving is the office suite. And that's mostly because the other lemmings... (laughs) won't get away from the office suite and try as they might we still don't have a perfect one-to-one for office documents we've gotten darn close oh we're like 99 percent of the way there but i ran into this issue the other day um for my school you had to do this student excel assignment and uh you had to do it in excel so i did it in excel and uh, when you go to upload it, they give you a confirmation document that you have to open. And I was already off of my Windows VM. I was back on my Linux machine and I was like, okay, let's look at it. So I looked at it and uh, my graphs were missing because only Office, for whatever reason, couldn't handle the graphs in the Excel mm-hmm. document. That's problematic. So, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're, not, we're not one-to-one yet. We are damn close, though. I mean, and I've I've had this experience with a previous client as well, who does, who's been a freelance editor for like twenty five years, and needs pixel perfect with Word, specifically, and yeah, just Libre and OnlyOffice as good as they are, and they're damn good. All right, uh. Not there yet, unfortunately. And they're just I, not. And I think I have this sinking feeling that they never will quite be there. Oh, I have a feeling that they never will either. And I think that's by design. If you mm-hmm. look at the way that the docs format work, you know, here's the thing though: uh, you can do DOC for docs um, format on Libri only, um, open all of the offices can do DOC. And as soon as they got pixel perfect on DOCs, Microsoft comes out with DOCX. Mm -hmm. And we still don't have that one perfect. And so I think it's by design. I think if we ever get 100% perfect on DOCX, they will come up with another format. Probably. Um, And I think, again, I think that's by design. I think they don't want us to have pixel perfect because they know they have a monopoly here Mm -hmm. and they intend to keep that monopoly. And if you can get pixel perfect for On free, else. no That's one is going to go with them. So who it's... wants to pay hundreds of dollars for something you can get for free? Exactly. It's, it's just what it is. Um, and oh, by the way, in, in 
Copilot, they're going to be baking in Dolly 3, which we'll be talking about later too. Um, this, I mean, Dolly 3 is pretty, pretty amazing for what it is. Um, that's the OpenAI image generator. Um, and like, it's to the point where it can actually accurately put insert text into a picture that it generates. Up until now, it's been gobbledygook <laughs> when you try to, so say you're a memer. This will make memeing that much easier, but you're also giving that meme data directly to Microsoft. Huh. <laughs> anyway. So yes, Microsoft is along with Google because remember guys, remember Microsoft intentionally did this with generative AI. They bought open AI about a year ago because they saw that from their perspective, the GPT <laughs> uh, large language model was right at the cusp of being usable. Okay. So they said, we'll give you $10 billion, but we want rights to insert it into all of our software. And oh, by the way, you're releasing this to the public this year in just a few months. Uh, thus we have, thus we had the boom of chat GPT starting what last November. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and before that open AI and the rest of the generative AI space for lack of a better way to put it was much more cautious. They wanted better privacy controls. They wanted better security. Microsoft said to hell with it. We're releasing it as it is. We can deal with all that later. Where's that quote? Where's that quote? For it real. is absolutely imperative that you not worry about trivial things such as bugs or privacy or security when they can be fixed later. Oof. That that's chilling <laughs> on a on a development level. Like that is absolutely chilling. Um you you don't want to be dealing with somebody who's got that sort of attitude about it. I think that was a misquote. I'm going to go find the exact quote. Give me a second. So, and not to be outdone, Google is adding Bard to Gmail, YouTube, Docs, and the rest of their cloud ecosystem. Um, thus, you know, AI, all the things. Um, you know, it if you're still using Google on a regular basis, if you're still using Google search and we'll, we'll get into this later too, but if you're still using Google search, why do you not care about accuracy of search results? It's been proven time and time and time again, maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's been proven time and time and time again that Google search is incredibly slanted. It will steer you into more narrative friendly ideas intentionally. That's how their algorithm is set up. 
And not only that, it will steer you to companies who pay for search ads, right? So, yep. Um, that seems sus at best. And by the way, if you're a regular Gmail user, they've been scraping your data from your emails forever. Now they're just adding AI to it. More AI, actually. Um, that's, I mean, they've had their little, like, T9 suggestions for, what, two or three years now in Gmail. Now, with the BARD integration, you're going to have the ability to give it a prompt and it will write your email for you. Nice. Same thing with Docs, with Sheets. Um, it, they're even baking it into YouTube. Woohoo! Um, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, hmm. I don't know, you guys. This this is getting increasingly dystopian to me. I don't. Yeah. So, yes. Moving on, we've got uh, some more authors suing OpenAI. George R.R. R. Martin, John Grisham, uh, let's see there, George Saunders, Jody Picoult, and uh, Jonathan Franzen are also named in this lawsuit. Very similar to the one that Sarah Silverman and company filed in the UK. Only this one's here. Um, if you're not familiar, George R.R. R. Martin is the one who wrote the books that got adapted into Game of Thrones, as disgusting as that show is. Um, I know it was incredibly popular, because apparently people like to watch nastiness on the screen. Um, maybe I'm a little judgy there. I don't know. But they're basically, this complaint is almost an echo of Silverman's. They're complaining that ChatGPT and other LLMs learn by analyzing their books. And how they know that is that they can actually provide accurate summaries of said books even though those books are, you know, behind a paywall. Now, I know Connor has different opinions about intellectual property. Um, yes. <laughs> to sum it up, I'm a bit communistic on this particular aspect. A bit? If you make something and you put it into a public space, it's no longer your personal stuff. It now belongs to the community at large. If you're an artist and you paint something, okay, and you decide that you wanna you wanna paint it in a park and somebody takes a picture of your finished painting, you did it in a park. It's a public space. You don't have any rights to that painting as far as I'm concerned. It's a public work now. Um 
communistic. I got that. But I also feel the same way about knowledge. I don't think anybody has a right to gatekeep knowledge. Just my uh, personal beliefs on that. Mm -hmm. And their, their other concern is that they're afraid the AI will somehow replace them as authors. Probably. Except for the fact that they're the at least what's currently available couldn't because there's no creativity there it's all going to be entirely entirely derivative um i mean you can you could tell chat gpt to write a short story in the style of stephen king or george rr martin or J.R. tolkien or you know fill in the author and it will approximate their style That's what these guys are tripping on. Whether it's any good or not, it's getting better all the time because more and more people are using it and using it regularly, which is a different problem. Um, and by the way, these things depend on you using them regularly to get better. If everybody just stopped using it, this issue would go away. Because without users, the AI can't iterate and can't improve itself. Therefore, it would not be an issue. All the privacy concerns, all the security concerns would evaporate because nobody's using it. And the $10 billion that Microsoft spent on OpenAI would evaporate I would love to see that happen I don't know about you Connor but I would <laughs> love to yeah and this whole AI displacing humans I mean okay so here's here's my thought process on this like I said earlier there's a bunch of authors out there that I just find to be absolute for lack of a better term, trash. I mean, Stephen King, a lot of people like him. <clears throat> I, I think he, he uh, I don't like his writing, I guess is the nice way to put that without getting a lawsuit. I don't, I don't like his writing. I just generally don't. It's all essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. All of it boils down to the same damn thing. It's the same story told with different characters. Um, basically right yeah so if we can have a program that can write a horror novel that's different even if it's in the style a mixed style of a few authors i don't see a problem with that just means i don't have to hear everybody oh stephen king is such a great author oh. i mean on one hand i hear you on the other, I'm like, well, as someone who does content creation, given that's not novel length by any means, you know, a few thousand words versus 10, 20, 30,000 words in a book, um, it's not really the same difference, but I would rather my style not be co-opted by one of these things. 
personally. Um, because that just, it's unnerving. I, I work on this and yeah. And that's where Connor and I diverge because I do think that copyright and intellectual property are valid things. Unlike, you know, Xi Jinping, um, <clears throat> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> um, Minus 1,000 social credit points. Darn. Actually, 10,000. Minus 10,000 social credit points. How dare I? Mm-hmm. Wait, I, I need to find that... Uh, <laughs> the Greta meme. How dare yeah. you? How dare you? Yeah, no, I'm all about the copy left, I guess, is the way to say that. Uh, I have a copy left sticker, actually. It was on a, when I was into putting stickers on my laptop, it was covered in copy left, GNU, Free Software Foundation, all of that stuff. And then I found the uh, dark history behind the founder of the Free Software Foundation. Hey, and that sticker disappeared yeah. real quick. Yep. Real I quick. I mean, the, the concept of that as a choice, I have no problem with. If someone says, yeah, I'm open sourcing my stuff, excellent. I'm all for that. But it should be a choice. That's where I'm at. I didn't say it shouldn't be a choice. They have a choice, which is don't put it into a public space. Still a choice. Anyway, and moving on, we've got... Uh, OpenAI with Dolly 3, we mentioned it earlier, it's got, like, this is getting insanely good. Like, the way that these, well, that this particular one uh, is able to take your prompts and generate incredibly detailed images is just, it's mind-blowing. As much as I really don't like the fact that it's linked with Microsoft. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, if you guys didn't remember, if you didn't know, um, they... That's an old one. Yes, it is. But the, the point is... I've seen is, that image before. <laughs> the point is that, it was, that this was generated using Dolly 3 and the text was inserted accurately. They literally, that is a copy and pasted from another, I've seen that meme before. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it is what it is and I won't ever use it. Um, I would rather just do my own thing and maybe that makes me slower. I don't care right now. Maybe. <laughs> But I would rather put actual work into something, personally. Maybe that's just my personality, probably. Um, but yeah, I would rather just put actual work into something versus oh, wait, just you know, doing... I start to see this differently. Displacing humans, I start to see it as the assembly line versus the old way of doing things. Mm. So we're gonna have mass production of various things like cars but in this case it'll be publications books images what have you 
And the ones that are made by humans are going to be luxury items, kind of like your Bentleys, which are still handcrafted, or mm -hmm. your Rolls Royce, which are still handcrafted, or uh, your Morgans. I don't know if anybody out here is a car fan or not, big car fan, but Morgans, they're, they're still handcrafted, entirely human hands. They don't, that, they use wood for the body of the car even. So they're like extra handcrafted. I think I think that's what we're coming to is a world where the mass production stuff is generated through algorithms and some of it's, you know, entertaining and whatnot. But the real human generated things are gonna be luxury items. And they'll be different and they will stand out. And I think people in the future will be forced to pay a premium if you want a human to do something versus a mass production piece. I think that's that's where they're trying to take us. And maybe a slightly more dystopian idea with that, and we've talked about this before, is uh, more along the lines of they're really wanting to not have us thinking for ourselves at all. It, we're darn close to that with the way a lot of people are with the news. Um, so anything that you see me produce will not be this dreck. Um, it will be my own thought as much as I can manage. Um, and my own time put into it. Uh, whether that's wise, I don't know. But that's how I'm going to be. Um, yeah, I have a diatribe on this in the blog. So if you guys want to read more about that, take a look at the blog. There's a link in the description. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this stuff. On a purely technical level, it's cool. Practically, I don't like it. But on a purely I? technical level, I think it's cool. Uh, on a capitalist level, I like it. On a moral level, I don't like it. I think that's fair. Yes, Connor is a ball of contradictions. On one hand, he's oh. like, no, it, we shouldn't have an initial property. If you publicly release something, I it's the public. I not say you don't have property. Everyone's entitled it, to have property. Intellectual property. If you property. buy a car, it's your car. Intellectual I just think property. You're allowed to have intellectual property, but don't put it into a public space. Such as the internet. It, it's right. mostly his point. That was the analogy of the park bench. Um, yes, Connor and I have had conversations about this recently. <laughs> um, and yeah, we come down on different sides of the issue, which is cool. And that makes those conversations that much more interesting. Um, and moving on, we've got uh, TikTok in trouble. I know, big shock. We get to beat on TikTok. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's TikTok is a nightmare. Um, TikTok is a mind control apparatus that's uh, weirdly wrapped. It's the Trojan horse that it rode in on was literally a Trojan horse. I mean, it's a virus. It's a mind virus giving virus malware program wrapped up as a Trojan horse virus. It's, it's, I can't even, I really can't even. So I didn't realize that some of these viral videos have triggered such nasty things. Like, girl, it's a mind virus. You want to talk about mind control? Here it is. I mean, you can set expectation of culture and what people think is okay, expected, or good. You can change public opinion. You can you can change youth culture. You can change breeding habits. You can change, you name it, culturally, you can change it by modifying the American TikTok or um, European TikTok algorithm. Not the same for for, uh, for China. China has the clean version where they encourage everybody to be young entrepreneurs, women to be traditional, you know, go go do a job and also have children, but only male children. Um, Please. They do all of that. I mean, go be a scientist. They encourage all the things that we would want them to encourage here, but they'll never do. Instead, what's on top feed is if you're a woman, go twerk and 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 have sex with anything with a heartbeat. And uh, if you're a man, go fuck anything with a heartbeat and and cheat on all of your your people. And I mean, just the worst thing for society. That's front page on TikTok for America and Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's a mind virus. It is literally a mind virus. So you want you want you want to see rising depression rates? Go look this up. Okay, I implore you, go look this up. Depression was a problem in Western culture for a while among youth. Go look at the rise in depression once spike. TikTok became popular. Spike. It 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 literally shoots up like a rocket. You know why? Because it's a mind virus that encourages self-destructive behavior. I mean... You remember Tide Pod Challenge? Really? Exactly. Exactly. Like, all these viral challenges came from freaking TikTok, y'all. I remember... I remember when TikTok was actually not TikTok. It was called Musical.ly, and it was a good app. I know. I had it. It was called Musical.ly, and the whole purpose of the app was lip-syncing. In fact, that's what it was used for, was lip-syncing, and people would do these cool things with camera perspective while lip-syncing. Then it got bought by ByteDance, changed its name, and suddenly... You don't have to lip sync. That's not its purpose anymore. Now its purpose is watch these these random girls twerk and uh, get so drunk that they stumble out into to active streets. I mean, stupid, mindless drabble. As soon as it got bought and it was no longer about cool lip syncing videos, I was out. I was like, this is, I don't want to watch this. I live in Atlanta. I can go open my window and look 
look outside on a Friday night. It's like living in, in Soho, England. Same damn thing. Go look. The, the, they'll, they'll stumble down the streets at night. You can get the same thing for free. You don't have to have a mind virus. It's just... I can't. I just can't. So, yeah. Like, it, it has spawned interference with police investigations. It has spurred protests in uh, in the UK and riots in France all because of viral videos and people don't have the discernment to go maybe I shouldn't be involved with this because common sense is not very common anymore common sense is essentially dead um, and that's rip um, we need to bring it back. We need to bring chivalry back. Um, there's a lot of things we need to bring back. And TikTok is fined yet again for failing to protect children's privacy. Big shock Stalker. when the entire point of the platform is to invade your privacy. Aside from, you know, literally. Back to this mind virus thing I told you. It's a mind virus wrapped into a literal malware app that is Trojan horse style as as a virus. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even really hide itself as a virus anymore. But go look at the permissions of TikTok. It wants access to your camera roll, your microphone, your, cam- your uh, camera, your device ID, phone number, text messages, emails. I mean... The list of stuff, permission-wise, that it wants. It wants everything. Well, it also wants to be able to run in the background. Yeah, it also wants your GPS data. It also wants... It wants everything. Anything it can get its grubby little paws on. Which is part of why there's been this bipartisan furor over it for the last, what, nine months? Something like that? Yeah. Here in the U.S. And then they had a... They have a chance to do something about it, so they call it the TikTok ban bill. And it's actually, we're going to uh, ban everything. We're going to, no more VPNs. TikTok is not allowed to spy on you because that interferes with us spying on you. Exactly. We don't have a direct backdoor into that. And that's not okay. Right. That's what the NSA, that's what the CIA is saying there. Um... And, you know, yeah, hmm, no, that's, that doesn't work. So the Irish Data Protection Commission uh, is fining them $368 million, which it's a drop in the bucket. We're talking about TikTok here. I mean, when you've got billion, over a billion users, uh, Three hundred sixty-eight million dollars is kind of like, okay, a day at the office. Maybe. Yeah. Um, earlier this earlier this year, the UK did a little, eh, sixteen million dollars for a similar similar type of offense. That's about as painful as a mosquito bite. That uh, that would I mean, come on, that was. Well, we, we have to do something, guys. <laughs> but TikTok makes that sneezing. So um, 
This is, and of course, TikTok is going, oh no, we fixed all this. We fixed it already. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> right. Sure you Cue have. that one video from Animal House when the dude's dress is like, everything is fine. Remain calm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's TikTok. Or, uh, you know, hide the pain, Harold. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, moving on. Uh, Pause for just a second. Yeah. Why, why exactly? I can't believe the Communist News Network is even talking bad about TikTok. Aren't they owned by the same entity that owns ByteDance? You mean the, the Chichipa? Yeah, possibly. Uh, your I guess is good as mine on that one. They're uh, talking bad. You know, good on you, Communist News Network. I, I, I would have, I would never have thought y'all would have said something negative about it. Then again, I guess you're failing. So at this point, the gloves are off, right? Yeah. You know, we we want some relevance. Yeah. Good. Go luck. on. Anyway, so moving on, we. Google antitrust. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a lost value. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sound like me when I type on my keyboard. Go on. <laughs> Don't make me start typing. <laughs> no, I'll do that. Uh, Those of anyway. you who don't know, um, <laughs> that little inside joke there, uh, I very much so enjoy... A, uh, a loud key press from like a Razer Green Switch or a Cherry MX uh, Blue or in my case a Cherry MX. I think it's green is the color. Um, that style key press. And so that was a, that was the inside joke there. Uh huh. Anyway, so yes, um, something that we've been waiting for for a long time has finally officially started. The DOJ and 14 of the state attorneys general here in the U.S. are squaring off against Google over their search monopoly, specifically. And we've talked about this before. And India has already affected change. They have forced Google to stop requiring handset manufacturers to embed Google search in Android in India uh, because that's monopolistic shocking i tell you what they need I hope all the governments of all the uh, countries in all of the world come together and, and help me make this happen okay iPhone iOS, if you want to set your search engine to anything outside of the approved list, you have to go get a third-party app that's going to redirect the traffic, which is absolute horseshit that in 2023, I have to redirect traffic to get the search engine of my choice. So what they should do is on top of going after Google here, also go after Apple because Apple's taking the same damn approach. Their default search is Google. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and there are some fat contracts involved, no doubt. Yeah, I'm positive there's fat contracts. That's how you get your search engine listed in the Apple search engine list, is you pay them. Um, so the main the main lawyer for the DOJ here is contending that Google's default status, which their market share tops 89% still in the search engine market and 74% in the search ads business. We, we talked about this earlier this show and we've talked about it a lot over the course of doing the show bigger picture show not just today um but if you're still using google search why given i understand that it's convenient it's easy and if you don't mind being steered in a very left direction there's not really that much problem with it other than the whole privacy issue there too which which if you want to use google search Okay, and but you care about your privacy and a little bit of your security, go use Start Page. It is Google Search stands the tracking. But then you're still dealing with the with the algorithm, which yeah, you're still dealing with the algorithm. Um, but as long as you're not looking for like current events facts, you're probably fine. Like how to things probably excellent but in terms of actual dealing with all that it stop using google search you can don't use DuckDuckGo though because that's Mm-mm. the same damn thing um they're owned by microsoft being at this point yep so in terms of search providers you've got that we suggest um, I use Quant, actually. Um, I am. That's it's not bad. It's French, so you've got the GDPR at your back. Um, you could use Swiss cows. You could use. Why don't you name a few, Connor? Okay, you can use the one I'm currently using, which is called PreSearch. However, I will give you a asterisk on that one. It does appear. To rely pretty heavily on the Google search algorithm. So take that one with a grain of sand. You can use Brave, which <laughs> also like I, I used to love heavily. the Brave search. Yeah, I used to love the Brave search also, and then they decided that they were going to monetize that. So then they started advertising for Brave Search Pro, um, which I, I don't have a problem with. But I also don't want to have Brave Search Pro ads thrown into my search results every time that I search. Um, oh, and then there's also the fact that with Brave Search, they've incorporated AI summaries at the top of your yes. search. Um, no. Yes. And if you go to, get, go to do images, if you go to get it's Brave Search images, Bing. that's Google images. Um, or Bing. They, they do rely you can, fairly you can pick heavily. between the two of them. Yeah. Google or Bing, um, pick your poison. But they do seem to rely a bit heavily on uh, Google and Bing search results. So mm-hmm. take your pick there. Um, there's also Ecosia, Ecosia, something like that. Uh huh. Um, which I mean is a bit greeny. 
It's super greeny. I mean, they're, like super their entire green. their entire purpose for being is with every so many searches we plant a tree. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, but get that out of my face. <laughs> it's, um, so yeah, yeah, there there are alternatives. Are they? There's Mojik. Mojik mm-hmm. is pretty decent. That's British. Yeah. Um. So again, GDPR. Yeah. Which, yes. I um, mean, there's there's quite a few. Um. There's oh, quite and Mojik actually won't steer you. Like, I've done some blatantly truther searches on Mojik, and they just give it give it to you straight. I'm like, yeah. wow. All right. Yeah. My only issue with Mojik is it's British, and it's not that I don't like British people per se. It's just I have a, I have a chip on my shoulder because I have a problem. And it's a, a lot of Brits for a lot of shade at us, but it's because, like I've said in the past, we're brother, sister, family countries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same with French, right? I'm going to throw a lot of shade at the French, um, but we're brother, sister, family countries uh, from because of the history. So the end result is, is like you have America and the UK, namely England, and you also have a little bit of Ireland for the same reason, and a little bit of Scotland for the same reason. But if you get all of these countries plus France in a room will fight like brothers and sisters. But if anybody else outside of that circle picks on anybody in the group, we will defend like brothers and sisters. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a love hate thing, Mm -hmm. but that's my only issue with Mojik. And I hate the the color green is God awful on Mojik. So, is that part of why you hate NVIDIA too? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but then back in the day, AMD was Team Green, but I hate myself. Um, we talked about that the other day, actually. Yesterday. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so this is a this is a bench trial for the Google the Google search issue because it's civil court, not not criminal. Um, maybe it should be criminal, but you know, what do I know? I'm maybe, um, well, it can rise to that. Um, but the majority of the time when you're dealing with lawsuits where there's probably a, a chunky settlement involved, it's probably not going to be criminal. It's probably going to be civil. Which is a different set. But I don't want a settlement. I want disenfranchising. So. Well. Let's uh, chip away at things. Hopefully. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is probably going to be a fairly long trial. Um, Google's like, no, we, we got where we are through innovation. We're not... We're not uh, perpetrating a monopoly here. Um, yes, you are. By definition, you, like you've bought up potential competitors, just like Microsoft has. You know that whole three E strategy that Bill Gates put in place back in the 
back in the 80s even. Dating back to DR-DOS, which was actually way better than MS-DOS, but you know, we got stuck with MS-DOS. Um, so, yeah. And they're only comparing, this is hilarious, they're only comparing Google to Bing, Yahoo, and DuckDuckGo. Of course. Got to keep it on that Apple approved list. Because <laughs> we can't have one of these be based outside the U.S. Because you know, that no. wouldn't be fair or something. I don't know. Yahoo Search? When was the last time you used Yahoo Search? I'm going to be aware. I didn't even know Yahoo Search was still a thing. It only barely is. I, do you remember Ask.com? You know, it's hilarious. I actually mentioned Ask in the, in the blog. <laughs> Good old Ask Jeeves. Yes, it was, I remember it was that. The boss back in the early days of the internet. Yeah, it made Google look like a joke because it could actually I loved. Take, it could actually understand full English queries. Yeah, not just I loved Ask Jeeves growing up. Like. And then Google bought it. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, like, I, I remember, <sighs> while we're going down this trip of memory lane, I remember going to a classroom birthday party for like fifth grade, and my mom would go to Ask Jeeves, and she'd have the, the MapQuest directions printed off, and I hated that because that meant I was going to get yelled at because I misread the MapQuest directions at some point, and it's now we passed the turn. Now I don't know where to go. It was horrible. Horrible. Mm -hmm. Horrible. But that's that's <laughs> how old I am. <laughs> um, Although I can't say that that's too old. Well, I guess I could say that's too old. My Nana still uses MapQuest because she can't work a, uh, a smartphone to, to, to use the GPS there. So she prints out the MapQuest directions. Well, she is like, what? She's kind of up there, isn't she? Yeah, she's like 80-something. Yeah, that, that's understandable. A lot of... A the lot fact of she's still driving is a... Uh, yeah, well, you know, the fact she's still driving is a public health worry, in my opinion, so... Um... So yeah, they this case will be interesting to watch. And I'm hoping I mean we've got we've got pie in the sky dreams here. <laughs> that it, that it will eventually lead to some sort of disenfranchisement where where alphabet will get split off. And there will be some there will be some hopefully insurmountable barriers to them becoming, you know, one again. Splintered into a thousand pieces, like JFK said about the CIA. A thousand pieces may not be enough for Google. No, actually, I don't think it is. Um, I really don't think it is. Yeah. So they're, they expect this trial to last 10 weeks. Um, if Google wins, it still faces a, another potentially more serious and certainly more complex antitrust trial next year. Uh, back in January, the DOJ, along with these AGs from California, Colorado, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, 
Rhode Island, Tennessee, and Virginia filed a civil lawsuit, civil antitrust suit against Google for monopolizing multiple digital advertising technology products. Yeah, Google ads are insane. They really are. Um, have you have you used Google without an ad block recently? It's like the entire first page of results is just ads. No, I try not to do anything without an ad block, um, because I don't like ads. <laughs> you know, at this point, ad block is kind of a requirement to use the internet because if you don't use ad block, basically you never see any actual results. You just see ads everywhere. Go to any website without ad block and you'll be reminded of why you need ad block so fast. It's because I mean, ads have gone from being like a minor inconvenience to just, I can't even get to the damn website because first you see the light box pop up and then you clear the light box and then it's a, you know, Hey, we notice you're in insert state or country. Uh, we have other things for that state or country. And it's just mm-hmm. the actual amount of pop-up ads. And then they have the ones that will pop up in a browser tab behind your current tab. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be you'll be reading something and all of a sudden you'll hear some random person talking and it's because they've loaded a video ad behind your current tab. And it's like, what is actually going on right now? And like, this is with a <laughs> decent internet connection. Imagine if you had a crap DSL connection, for instance. Yeah. That would make it unusable. Really, really though, really unusable. You know, I mean. And if you've got an old computer. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> online ads have gotten way out of control. Kind of like tipping culture here in the U.S. Um, you can't go anywhere without seeing a damn tip option. I went to UPS the other day to ship something, and there's a fucking tip option at UPS. It's like, what, are you, what am I going to tip you for? You took my package, you taped it, and you put it over there for somebody else to get. Why am I tipping you? I'm not. Are you kidding me? I mean, uh, literally, listen, I went to a coffee shop. This is this is an accurate story. I went to a coffee shop three days ago. Went to a coffee shop. As, as my co-host here knows, I go to coffee shops a lot. I like to work at coffee shops. Don't know why, I just do. I go to different coffee shops all the damn time. Went to this coffee shop three days ago. You order a coffee. It's a very, very crap coffee shop. They just sell Americanos, okay? So I got my coffee. I asked for cream and sugar, and the lady points across the room, and on the other end of the room, there is cream and sugar. I have to put my own cream and my own sugar in, and this bitch has the audacity to flip the stupid iPad around and say, it's going to ask you a question there, like I don't know what question it's going to ask, and she wants a tip. What did you do? You took a styrofoam cup, you poured pre-made crappy drip coffee into a styrofoam cup, handed it to me so I can walk across the hall of this building thing and and put some cream and sugar in my own damn coffee. You've done not even a minute's worth of work and you expect a default 18% tip? 
No. Like this is the level of audacity of of tipping culture in America. Like okay, it, okay. get us. Let's let's get this straight. We don't mind tipping for actual service. No, not at all. If if I go to a restaurant, okay, and you've been a fantastic waitress or waiter, my drink has never gone empty. You've made sure everything is right. I'm going to tip you, okay? You've run a lot. Uh, you you've made sure that I've had a wonderful experience, okay? No problem tipping you. But if I go to a coffee shop and I do the vast majority of your job, the fact you ask for me to tip you, you need to be glad there's not a negative option or I would tip you negative 18% because I did your damn job. I should get paid for this. All you did is hand me a cup. (laughs) For real. Can't even with this and and ads tying back to the story that got us on this ADD bunny trail ads have gotten to the same level of just the audacity of these places you can't go anywhere on the internet without an ad block without your entire screen being filled to the brim with ads well you could go to my website (laughs) i don't have ads (laughs) But, you know, that's beside the point. Yeah. I mean, perfect example. Go to The Verge. Go to The Verge (laughs) website without an ad blocker. Don't do that. You'll regret it. Don't do that. Your computer will will turn into a jet engine and take off because it needs so many resources to load their convoluted, bloated adware website. just it's crazy but the whole point of me on this this ad rant right now okay google started this crap Mm -hmm. because their adwords were so successful in the beginning that companies were seeing real results for some cheap ads and google was making bank oh yeah one company makes bank other companies spring up to be competitive. They go, and what ooh. ends up happening is you have everybody and their brother saying, we're an ad internet ad company now. And for, you know, a dollar less than whatever you're paying the other guy, we'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And now there's so many ad companies all over the internet that it's, it's, it's damn near impossible to go somewhere without ad block. Like it it reminds me of part <laughs> of the classic hitchhiker's guide, like the BBC hitchhiker's guide. Okay. Um at one point they it's like a different timeline. Like Douglas Adams was strung out when he wrote this, okay? Um but different timeline and this spacecraft, this ARC spacecraft, crash lands on Earth during, you know, Paleolithic era, okay? And it this ARC is full of middlemen who do, who provide absolutely no value to society, right? Um, 
phone handset wipers. Middle managers. Um, ad executives. Uh, no value. And they, they crash land and they can't do squat because they don't know how to do anything. Um, yeah. May need something like that. Just get rid of them. Convince them that the world is coming to an end and that they need to leave. <laughs> and most of them are such lemmings that they'll believe it. Sorry, not sorry if you happen to be one of these people. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, mm -mm. Anyway, so moving on, we've got Signal being darn decent. Maybe slightly, uh, slightly ahead of the curve on this. Quantum level encryption, huh? <laughs> what even is that? Last time I checked on quantum computing, we just had our first couple quantum computers up and they were only running at like, I can't remember what it was. It was in, it was either 100 or something qubits. I mean, it was, it was a fairly low number compared to the number of <laughs> transistors and stuff that we have on a modern computer. And now we have quantum level encryption. I mean, what is that even? Well, if it's true quantum, we can't even really look at it. Because <laughs> if we look at it, it's no so longer we, quantum. We have a <laughs> we have a commenter. He's like, it's encryption at a very small level. <laughs> nice. uh, yes. Yes, smartass. <laughs> um, so quantum computing instead of being... also thank you for your comment if, if you the yes. rest of y'all would do that that would be nice yeah we'd, we'd love to have conversations with people in the chat um yeah that would be cool um but yeah so quantum computing traditional computing you have ones and zeros on and off that's it it's binary okay quantum computing computing adds a sort of value for lack of a better way to put it for uncertainty which in theory at least allows it to compute much faster. I've done a fair amount of digging, well, surface level digging because I'm I'm no like physicist here. That's that's beyond me. Um, but from what I understand, okay, because of that additional power that's granted to these quantum computers and there are issues with it, which is why it hasn't been rolled out publicly yet, at least not in full, um, because there's, you have to, like with AI, you have to filter what it comes back with. You have to check it because you never know if it's going to give you an accurate answer or not. So it's kind of like, at this point, why are we bothering? But at the same time, when you apply it to the high level math that is encryption, because encryption is just math, um, like super high level math. 
And I mean, so when you apply a quantum computer to an encryption problem, it's going to get, it's going to be able to brute force its way through it much faster than a traditional computer. And that's the concern. Even with like the best available encryption solutions right now. So Signal's trying to get ahead of the curve here. Um, which is good, but I don't I don't know that it's necessarily super important unless, you know, you're talking about a state-level actor and then um, state-level actors have backdoors into encryption anyway. Like, all the, all the noise in the UK is kind of like, okay, you guys can't do this anyway? Really? Um... So, well, it depends. There's some of them that they can't. Uh, AES 256 bit is one of those. So yeah, it's it's good, but I think it's maybe maybe slightly too far ahead of the curve because I don't the the timelines that I've seen for quantum computing being even commercially viable at all, uh, set it something like five or 10 years in the future. Something like they're, something like all these, you know, hair on fire types are freaking out about AI, general AI, okay? The kind that could, you know, Skynet us into oblivion or Matrix. We might already be there, but that's beside the point. Um, might <laughs> I mean my whole issue with uh, quantum computing because I wanted to learn about it also is you're not allowed to look at it if you look at it it's no longer quantum mm-hmm. which to me sounds like Schrodinger's computer yeah, um, kind of and at that point I'm not going to say it's not helpful because clearly there's some helpful application for it but um i don't know i just what even is quantum level encryption at this point well i'd love to explain that to you it's a buzz if we open up the shoe box that has our quantum level encryption in it it's no longer quantum level okay can i shake the shoe box sure <laughs> He Sounds says, what about on the inside? To me. But the, uh, the, the problem with quantum physics is the uncertainty is kind of the point of it. And if you observe it, you actually shift it. So observing the inside of the box, whether you're... E- even if it's something like X-raying the inside of the box or somehow electronically scanning it, you're by just by the n- act of observing it, you are changing the outcome. Correct. Like I said, no shaking the box, no looking at the box, no looking inside the box. This is our quantum encryption shoe box. (laughs) And it's inside of a non-transparent metal cube box that protects Mm -hmm. the uncertainty of if there is or is not a quantum encryption level shoebox. 
in other words, it's more or less hocus pocus. That's kind of what I'm alluding to, but I'm not going to say that because apparently there's some useful application for this. Um, or maybe, maybe this is just so above my pay grade and I, and I can't grasp the concepts yet, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to tell y'all really. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Signal trying to get ahead of the curve. Good on them. Um, just like with them threatening to pull out of the UK because the UK is trying to force Although, them to break their encryption. You know, that's been my issue with a lot of apps for a long time is they need an identifier. <sighs> and most of the time they tie it back to phone numbers which I think is stupid. They also tie it to uh, email addresses, which mm-hmm. I also think is stupid. Um, this pulls in Molvad, really like Molvad. Um, I don't see why Signal, who claims to be all about privacy and encryption and all of that, doesn't give out account numbers, right? And just be like, okay, well, you're going to be account number, blah, 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 blah. And when you set it up, then you could give them like a phone number or a secondary way to confirm that it is you using that account number. And then all you have to do is protect your account number. Mm-hmm. And then, then it would be far more private. And then even if you're in the UK, you could use it and not be worried because if signal pulls out now, all they're going to do is they're going to look for UK phone numbers. I imagine. And block them. Uh huh. pretty simple yeah like yeah the uk is shooting themselves in the foot and probably the face too um no you know they like to do that you know um try to tax t and we see how that went for them (laughs) the fish like tea by the way little unknown fact about tea in the box or fish in the boston harbor they like tea (laughs) <laughs> maybe so um, maybe so or, well, they're very they're, energetic they the commenter super um, super energetic I am the peanut gallery to this whole show yes Th- I mean that's the point of you being here <laughs> anyway exactly um, the peanut gallery so the River Jord over on Rumble he's like if this is a simulation then we already have a Faraday cage around it yeah maybe (laughs) maybe probably Uh, don't don't really want to get into simulation theory at this point (laughs) well you know there's a lot of valid into into that I tell you um, if you really want to see some interesting things right you can go look it up where the simulation glitches there's all kinds of stuff like uh, people spawning out of buses on the highway or, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Bunch of them. Yeah, it's, there's some trippy stuff, for sure. Um, and I'm not, I'm not denying the possibility. In fact, I kind of am amenable to it. But I'm a, that's not Yeah, the, I'm of the mindset that it's, it's it might be true. Uh, but that's not the point of the Different show. take <laughs> on things, but might be true. Well, I'm I'm glad you like it now, River George. <laughs> um, 
Is that two comments or is this the same dude from earlier? It's he's been hitting the comments pretty hard. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, so I don't watch I don't watch the comments like he does. He being my co-host here. Like I said, I, I I sit here as the walking contradiction, telling y'all avoid Apple products, and I do this whole thing off of an Apple product. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <sighs> walking contradiction. Oh, Connor. Anyway, you know. um, so yeah, we're gonna wrap this because we're coming up on two hours now. Um, yeah, I think it's a longer show. Yeah, like pretty darn close. If it isn't, yeah. so. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Um, those of you on the podcast, it kind of went off the rails a little bit, but that's not terribly unusual. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks that's for downloading. The whole reason. Tell your friends. Um, anybody who might be interested, we'd love to have you along for the ride. Um, music is Warzone by Anna Domini Beats. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that sort of good stuff. Um, and don't ever forget, let's go, Brandon. And we'll leave it at that. Have a good one. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>